Welcome to Export Stories, a podcast featuring first-person insights from the wide and sometimes crazy world of U.S. exporting. Your host for Export Stories is Betsy Olam, president of Olam International, a U.S.-based export management company. Betsy has made a 37-year career of developing global sales and distribution for U.S. companies. Like you, she loves great stories. You don't have to be an exporter to enjoy the stories we're going to share with you each month. We're so glad you've joined us. Now, here is Betsy to introduce today's podcast. Hello, ciao, bonjour, hola, konnichiwa, nihao, marhaben, namaste, and shalom. Thank you for joining Export Stories Podcast 2023. I'm your host, Betsy Olam. Today's episode is our podcast podcast. That's right. We're speaking to a very experienced podcaster whose work includes exploring global business trends. So joining us from Pennsylvania is Jeff Ostroff, principal of Jeff Ostroff and Associates, LLC. But first, a word from our sponsor. We are all about storytelling here, and there is another story I want to tell you about. It's the story about how one company can help you solve your commercial real estate needs, whether in town, across the nation, or over the oceans. That company is Levy Commercial Realty, LLC. They provide strategic commercial real estate advisory and brokerage services. I'm talking about retail. I'm talking about restaurant, entertainment, and distribution. Levy's clients include local legends, regional brands, and Fortune 50 companies known around the world. You're going to want to join Levy's select group of clients. Their email is contact at levycommercial.com. That's Levy, L-E-V-Y commercial.com, and I'll post it on our website. Now back to the show. Jeff's multifaceted career as a marketing and communications professional has enabled him to work with and for many organizations, small to large, fledging to established, public to private sector. He's used his skills and experience to promote businesses, ventures, products, services, and major initiatives. He's done this inside the U.S., in Canada, and in both Eastern and Western Europe, and mostly, most recently in Africa. I was honored to be a guest on Jeff's Looking Forward podcast in April. If you are interested in listening to that episode, I posted a link to it on exportstoriespodcast.com. So, Joining us from Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, is Jeff Ostroff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Betsy. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's great. It's great that you're here. Uh, Interesting podcaster to podcaster to have a conversation today. So let's, um, let's start the way I usually start with stories from your background, um, your early beginnings and experience in media, and then your experience as an entrepreneur. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And when you say early, we're talking early because when I was about six or seven years old, my father of blessed memory Uh taught us a webcore reel-to-reel tape recorder, seven-inch <laughs> reel-to-reel tape recorder, which some of your listeners, maybe many, will not remember. Yeah. But that's okay. And right from the get-go, I would take the microphone that came with that 
reel to reel tape recorder, Betsy, and I would be interviewing my friends and my parents' friends, and everybody got a kick out of it. Yeah. And I was just doing what I thought was normal. Right. And beyond that, again, in the ages between, say, seven and 21, I would also be announcing things. Uh -huh. so, uh, your listeners may not remember this, especially if there are women, but there was a men's hair tonic called Vitalis. Came in a bottle. Uh -huh. Do you remember Vitalis? I don't remember the name. I, I kind of remember the name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd go into a barber shop and they had all these tonics and yeah. I had Vitalis and that was my microphone. And I would, uh, at, I would be announcing all these different games, sports games, in yeah. my bedroom. And then when my friends and I would be playing games from ping pong to stickball, I would be announcing them. The key thing here is I was just into this stuff. I could tell yeah. you more stories about this. Yeah. I was into that stuff. I really had thought about becoming a disc jockey mm -hmm. on the air or a sportscaster. Right. But without getting into stories about why that didn't happen for me, I wound up getting involved in marketing and communication in other ways. Yes. And uh, after starting in the Medicare program, I ended up leaving there, going out on my own for about 11 years. And I, having been in the Medicare program, got the idea that maybe I could focus on the older population. Do you uh, mean, no, wait, let me, let me stop you for just, yeah. some, do you mean you were doing marketing for Medicare? Is that what you mean? I was doing for Medicare more PR okay. and uh, outreach. Okay. They didn't really market for new business as much as wanting to make sure that people understood Medicare benefits and got trained on that mm -hmm. and had problems resolved, that sort of thing, and, and okay. wanted me to interface with a lot of different groups. I got so you. I ended up uh, evolving, and that's a very important point for your listeners, is the whole no notion of evolving. Now, the common term, it's a great one, is pivoting. That used to be just basketball, but it's <laughs> become a more common term. I okay. love it. You have to pivot. And I pivoted into marketing to seniors, age 50 plus never realizing that one day I was going to be part of that club. Well, you, so were, I, you were prepared. <laughs> I was prepared for it. And so I did consulting and speaking and training and writing. And then I wrote a book called Successful Marketing to the 50 Plus Consumer. Mm -hmm. And then that odyssey kind of ended and I went back into the healthcare system with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And that was more marketing because yeah. at the time I joined, they wanted to have more veterans become a part of the system. Okay. So fast forward beyond that, we'll get to where I am today. Yeah. I retired from that, but I've always been involved in entrepreneurial things on the side. I was sure. a disc jockey at parties on the side. I had yeah. a bike tour business on the side. <laughs> and I, I knew I was going to do a number of things in retirement, Betsy, but I could not do something that was in some way 
adventuresome and entrepreneurial. And yeah. so about five years ago, I started to do voiceovers. Okay. Somebody set up a studio, helped me set up a studio, an audio engineer in my um, upstairs closet, <laughs> which is a good place to have a studio. Sure. So I did that. And then when COVID hit, June of 2020, mm -hmm. I had been thinking for a while about having a podcast. Mm -hmm. It was actually originally going to be about baby boomers because you recall I wrote that book. Yeah. And now baby boomers were 50 plus. I was now, 50. Now, wait a minute. You say, I recall. You better tell people who don't know about your book. What's the name of your book? Yeah, it's Successful Marketing to the 50 Plus Consumer. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And Prentice Thank Hall you. published it. It is now getting a little old itself. It's not a senior yet, but it's uh, it's working <laughs> on that. So anyway, I was going to do a podcast where I was going to to revive that, be the okay. expert on baby boomers who are now seniors. But yeah. I decided, nah, I don't want to be an expert anymore. It's too hard. I'm going to have a podcast where I interview, converse with experts. Okay. And I've always been fascinated by trends in the future. And most people are very interested in opportunities. Yes. Not everybody for different reasons, but a lot of people are looking for an opportunity. And so I landed on looking forward. That's the name that I came up with, right? which is a play on words, meaning looking forward. I'm upbeat. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing Betsy today. <laughs> and also I'm looking forward. I'm looking a little bit into the future. Right. So that's how I that's how okay. all this has evolved. Okay. And we're going to talk in more detail about looking forward, but um now that you've been doing it for a while, what is it a what was it about podcasting? Let's just dig a little deeper into that. What was it about podcasting that attracted you to it in the first place? You had host two podcasts, which we're going to talk about, but what was it about the medium that attracted you? Yeah, that that is a great question. Well. One of the things that, first of all, I found out with voiceovers is it's fairly isolating. Mm -hmm. You're auditioning for jobs, and if you're fortunate enough to get a job, you're doing the work still pretty much alone. The client might check in, might respond to your first uh, mm -hmm. submission, but um, you're pretty much alone. Yeah. And while I will admit to you, I have a ambivert personality. That is, I can do great by myself. I'm also very outgoing. It's an interesting combination. I have and, not heard that term. Did you invent it or is that a no, word? No, it's like ambidextrous, ambivert. Okay. No, I, I'd like to claim that I did, but no. I, I think I know some people like that. But so that's that's a great, interesting term. I like it. Yeah. So I'm an ambivert, and I think that I was missing some of that human interaction. I was curious about how I would do with it, because I've always felt, we're going back to Jeff, the seven-year-old, I've always felt that I was pretty good at interviewing people. But I, I, I will emphasize to everybody out there, this is maybe digressing a bit, but it's very important. Just about everybody, I could almost say everybody, but I got to be careful. Just about everybody does something naturally well 
And the odds are they don't appreciate it. Well, they don't know, realize it. Yeah, and it's interesting because you're talking about your your childhood. It sounds like, oh my gosh, he's obviously going to be a sportscaster or, or something. And then you went a different direction. And I, I think that's true. I think a lot of you, you know, things you do as a kid do or don't come back. Now, uh, I'm um, writing a, a screenplay right now. I've been writing it for a few years. I'll probably be writing it <laughs> For a few more years in the future but it's I was really interested in film ever since I was a kid but I didn't do anything with it in my career so so uh you know same kind of thing so yeah same kind can, of thing you come back so, to something from your youth that is like God, I really did love doing that you know or exactly or, yeah and the voiceover was the same thing really so yeah. this was a natural complement to that and Again, because I have some such an interest in trends and what's going on in the world, and the world is shrinking in many ways for the good and for the bad. The world is shrinking, and you're involved in all this with exporting, so you yes. know this. Yes. So I was uh, intrigued by the notion not only of learning more about what's going on in the world, because voiceovers is pretty isolating, and not you're not learning too much about yeah. stuff, depending on what you're doing your voiceovers about. Yeah. So yeah. that and the idea that I could potentially now with Zoom technology, speak to people all over the world. And I wanna quickly add one other thing, which is okay. I didn't share this with you at the time, but this is true now. We may talk about this later. I'm now doing work with an organization in Australia. So I can add that to the list of countries where I'm doing work. Sure. But again, this comes about because of an alignment with what you're doing. I have more and more connections with the rest of the world, no matter where people are. Right. And podcasting really does a good job of allowing me to do that. It does. It does. Um, yes, exactly. All right. So first, we're going to talk about looking forward. And here are just a few of the wide ranging topics you have covered. Travel, online dating, artificial intelligence, renewable energy, the upside of aging, blockchain technology. And this one, you're going to have to explain to me, gut brain connection. So, um, I mean, you've kind of explained it, but explain a little bit more about what connects all of these diverse topics that you cover. Okay. There has been a slight pivoting again since <laughs> the beginning of Looking Forward because okay. we just published our 121st episode. Man. So the early episodes we're very much focused on trends mm -hmm. globally mm -hmm. and where they might be going in the future. Okay. That continues to be a common theme. All right. When you talk about the gut-brain connection, that was one of the earlier episodes, and we weren't emphasizing as much the opportunities. Nowadays, uh, okay. Okay. what we're focused on, the full name of the podcast is Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Oh, okay. Right. So somewhere, Betsy, around, I don't know, maybe episode 30, it became mm -hmm. very clear to me that I need to also start focusing more on guests who can talk about opportunities. And okay. honestly, 
somewhere around episode 100, when I hit 100, <laughs> I realized that two-thirds, two-thirds of the podcast content was going to be about opportunities now and in the future, and one-third about the trends. So I'm de I, the trends are important. They set the stage, but it's more about opportunities. So what they have in common, trends, the future, but most importantly, the opportunities globally that are being created by these trends now oh, and into great. the future. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, I was wondering if you could share a few of the more surprising stories that you've heard uh, doing this podcast. Sure. Well, let me go back to the Australia situation. Okay. I connected with somebody on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm who had the business that I did not understand. And it turns out she only lives maybe 80 miles from me to the north. And of course, a lot of my guests don't live anywhere near me. I mean, you're not right around the corner from me like she is, but then there are right. guests who are in Europe and everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, her business involves border exchanges, bartering. Oh, I'm, I'm a little familiar about with that. Yeah. Is that, I didn't even know, be honest, I didn't know that was really going on, but actually I can see how the internet is perfect for that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Tell yeah, us, well, the story. business has been around way before the internet uh, in a more organized fashion. I mean, this yeah. is not the bartering where you are a tutor and your neighbor is a plumber and you're going to tutor your neighbor's child and your neighbor's going to do your plumbing work. That's yeah. very retail, very local. Yeah. Not that it can't be retail or local. It can be both of those, but yeah. this is more, a little bit more complex, but it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it's growing. And this woman happens to, with her husband, have a barter exchange business that mainly covers her geographic area. But the thing about bartering in these exchanges, which are all over the world, you can barter with another exchange that maybe has a plumber who wants to, plumber wouldn't be a good example, but somebody who's got an online, let's say they set up internet sites. So yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter where they are. You uh -huh. can barter with somebody who's in Australia who's in a bartering exchange there. If you, you have somebody who's part of your exchange who needs internet service. And I'm not going to get into the complexities of it, but it just totally blew me out of the water. I didn't sure. know anything about this other than the tutor and the plumber. That's what I knew, right? Right, right. And they're really now starting to promote that. And that ended up in my now becoming a co-host of a podcast called the Business X Podcast, which is all about bartering. And bartering can involve retail. It can involve businesses. It can involve government. So the scope of bartering, like governments will border with private companies. We, we had a guest on recently who's in Florida. He barters with companies that are in Africa, where he helps them find the best deals on things for his members. He <laughs> provides services to them in exchange for things that they give. It's just an amazing thing. Wow. So that was, that was a big one. Uh, another one I would say that uh, I have become aware of is uh, manufactured housing. I, I knew oh. that I knew that it was um, somewhat of 
you know, a place where people would live. And I knew they manufactured housing. But yeah. what I didn't realize was what an investment opportunity that can be for some people. Not to buy necessarily an individual home, but mm -hmm. to buy a manufactured housing community. And you don't have to buy the whole community. You can be a limited partner in the community. Is that and, like a development? Yeah. It's okay. a development with manufactured homes, prefab homes okay. that are there. So that was another one. Another one that is just becoming more and more global. I was aware of it. I wasn't aware of the magnitude of it is franchising. Franchise. Oh yeah, I I I can see I can see that is just because I have some knowledge of real estate. Yeah. So you yeah. know, and and I've had two guests on who are focusing on different aspects. One guy focuses on finding companies, owners of franchises who want to find franchisees. Right. That's his niche, his company. Right. The other guy who I had on more recently, his focus is talking to people who think they may be ready to franchise their business. And there are just as many, if not more, franchises that are starting outside of what we commonly think of as franchises, like the food business, right? You think of food right. and franchise. There are so many other kinds of franchises oh, yeah. that are starting up. So that's another one. You know, what's interesting about that, if you think about it internationally, at least this is what I'm thinking, is that a concept that you know, a concept may be very American. It may not translate as well to other markets or a European concept may have to be, you know, changed for an American taste. I mean, there are different tastes and cultural differences around the world that just, it makes it interesting and certainly opportunities, but I can see how it's complicated on an international scale. But uh, that was very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, and but the business is being done in all these different sectors. I had a recent guest on who talked about something I knew a little bit about. Uh-huh. And that's often the case. I go into these things very often. I know a little bit, but not a lot. Sometimes I know next to nothing. Sometimes I know a little more than most yeah. people would know. But yeah. I'm always learning. You need to have a curious mind, I think, to do this sort of thing. This guy was an expert on the fintech industry. The what? Fintech, fintech financial technology. Oh. Exporting <laughs> companies, shipping companies are getting involved in fintech. And okay. your listeners may want to listen to that episode. Sure. His name sure. is Dami, D-A-M-I-P-A-Y-N-E, Dami Payne. And Dami speaks about fintech. And he even uses a shipping company as an example of fintech yeah. but fintech is basically there are many aspects of it but one aspect is more and more businesses retail and otherwise are going to be able to provide um, access to capital to cash to the people who are using their services themselves without having to go to a bank they'll be you. the bank i got so, you. because of technology so there are so many opportunities out there. 
And I really am trying to make people all over the world aware of these opportunities, whether they're in Africa or Australia or other places. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I'm trying to shed some positive light, Betsy, because no, there's a lot of negativity in the world. I'm trying to shed some positive light. Good for you. Good for you. That is definitely a service that you are providing. So we're going to talk about your other podcast, Healthcare on the Horizon. Uh, you have to talk a little bit about what it is and what inspired you to create that podcast. Okay. Healthcare on the Horizon is about where do things stand now? And where might they be going in the future with the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of specific diseases and disorders? Great. What inspired me to create it is I'm, I'm very interested in healthcare breakthroughs, new developments, in my own personal health. Sure. My family's health, my yeah. friend's health. And I spent two-thirds of my career in the healthcare sector. Right. And even when I was on my own, like the first third of my career, Medicare. For those who aren't in the United States, that's the federal government's major health care program, right. typically for people over 65 and disabled. And right. then I worked for the Veterans Healthcare Administration for U.S. veterans. Right. In healthcare. And then the middle, the middle third, where I was marketing to seniors, or about marketing to seniors, even then I had healthcare clients. So healthcare has been a big part of my professional career. So that's another intersection there. Yeah. And so we, I, I guess it's really I, speak with people who are experts, mostly nonprofits, mostly nonprofits. I like to... I like to have people know about nonprofits and all the great stuff they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I like to raise donations for them and volunteers for them and sponsorships for them. So right. most of my guests, but not all of them, have been from the nonprofit sector. And we're talking about things ranging from Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. That's right. a different name in other parts of the world, different names. We're talking about cerebral palsy. We're talking about acne. We're talking about macular degeneration. And they all would seem to be very depressing topics. <laughs> so by the way, tomorrow, based on our taping today, an episode will come out about sleep and sleep disorders. So, you know, that one doesn't sound as depressing, but but they they all would sound depressed. Like, why would I want to hear about macular degeneration, right? Well, who's the audience for this? Well, I would, because my family has... Well, has, there you go. There you go. First of, people, of all... A lot of people. A lot of people, because your family may... You may not have it, right. but your family may have had it or have it now. You may be at risk of it. You could be just a curious person. You could be really into medicine. You could be a medical professional who doesn't have anything to do with whatever the topic is. Right. So you could be any of those people and, and you would find an interest in the show. But more importantly, it isn't depressing because just like looking forward, I look for the silver lining. And with every episode that I've had, the guest is talking about, if not now, what they're working on in the future, what they're working on now and will be in the future. 
that may lead to either the prevention of the improvement in the diagnosis of or the improvement in the treatment of whatever that disorder or disease is. Oh, that's great. I had a woman on, Betsy was talking about SYNGAP1, which is a genetic disorder that has affected her son and she took it upon herself to start the SYNGAP1 Foundation. And it's a neurological disorder, kind of like epilepsy. It has some aspects of epilepsy in it. Mm -hmm. And um, she's going after it. And then there's another woman with stiff person syndrome. I think it was, um, I'm blanking on her now. The the famous singer from uh, Canada, the French singer from Canada has, she has stiff person syndrome now. Can't think of her name. But anyway, it, it'll, uh, Celine Dion. Celine oh, Dion. I, was, I was wondering, okay. Celine Dion has stiff person syndrome. And what is that? It's, it's, it's again, a, uh, I think it's a neurological disorder. I forget. It may be muscular, so don't quote okay. me, where your body can really stiffen. Oh. And it can happen uh, episodically. It can happen very often during the day. It can be very painful. Obviously, it disrupts your ability to function. Oh and this gosh. woman, who was a perfectly healthy woman, gets this condition. She was a dentist. And Tara's her name, and Tara started the Stiff Person Syndrome Foundation. So a lot of these people are leading the charge either by starting the organization or by leading an organization. They're very inspirational in what they're doing. Have, have you found that uh, because of their efforts in a lot of these areas, progress has been made? Absolutely. I mean, it varies from one place to another. The guy who is doing the work on acne, he's a for-profit. He is a, uh, he's got a PhD, I believe, and it's in some biochemistry related thing. Uh -huh. And they, they're doing a lot of testing and they're, they're finding things out about the bacteria in acne. I wish I knew about it 50 years ago. Yeah. I had a yeah. bad case of acne. <laughs> finding that there's certain things that actually you can do, that can be done for it to mitigate acne. Oh, man, he's going to um, make a lot of teenagers happy. <laughs> a lot of teenagers, because it could be a really depressing thing. Yeah. On, the, on the flip side of that, the recent guest who's working on epilepsy, they are making tremendous strides, not just with, with drugs, but with new technologies that can help people even either know whether or not they may be at risk of having a child who has epilepsy, or to function better with the disease. So there are lots of things going on. I don't know that anybody has talked about curing any of these things, but certainly talking about making improvements, some being made right now and some that are likely to come in the future, whether that's five, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Well, that's, that's fantastic. I can see how you were fascinated with the topic and I can see how that would be fascinating to listen to those stories. That's fantastic work. Well, Thank so um, just moving along because of time here, in addition to your podcast, you have some experience in working with Africa. Can you share, you know, that story with us? Well, Africa really ties into looking forward. Okay. Okay. I, as I said earlier, Betsy, strongly believe, and this isn't rocket science, that people all over the world, many people, not all, 
are looking for opportunities, whether it's to invest their money, to find a job, to change a career, to start as I did, a second career. Right. And that's what I want to bring out to the world. Okay. And it happened that through a LinkedIn connection, again, I met an entrepreneurial guy in the fintech space. This is way before I did the show on fintech. Okay. Way before I even had a concept, really, except bare bones of what this guy in Africa was doing, because he was doing fintech. I didn't okay. know what he was doing. Yeah. I kind of got it, but yeah. anyway, it's part of that industry. So he connected me with somebody who's with a company, and that company is working with what I believe is the largest phone company, mobile phone company in all of Africa, MTN, Mary, Tom, Nancy, MTN. Okay. MTN has launched a podcast platform and it's called the Aud app, A-U-D-A-P-P platform. Mm -hmm. And they were looking for content to be on the platform, both Nigerian based and elsewhere. And I say Nigerian based because the pilot market is Nigeria. That's the thing. And I, I just want to throw out a fact that I just learned. I just attended the National District Export Council Conference and I found out, I think this is correct, now the population of Nigeria is about to exceed the population of the U.S. If I'm wow. If, if I'm wrong about Nigeria, somebody please correct me. But I think that is Correct. It's a really exploding population there. So I can see how Nigeria, anyway. Yeah, no, that's an excellent fact, which I was not aware of. I know that there are a lot of young people there because they were interested in what I was offering in content, looking mm -hmm. forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers, because they want to, in that country, uplift the younger people so that they are not only aware of what's happening in the rest of the world, yeah. but starting to capitalize on opportunities that are out there so that, and this was explained to me by the first guy who made the yes. connection, so that young Nigerians aren't leaving the country to go elsewhere. Right. They want to have homegrown talent stay in Nigeria. So that's how I ended up uh, getting an agreement to share episodes of Looking Forward in Nigeria via the MTN podcast platform. And if I could, if I could mention, well, I'll mention this. I continue to look to find more organizations who would distribute distribute our content both in podcast form, in shortcast, like shorter episode form, in column form. I also write a column because there's a lot of great opportunities and people need to know about them. And it's a great service that can be provided by those who are in a position to share that information with others. Just like your podcast is sharing stories about exporting, which is a huge opportunity. I I just I was checking my notes about Nigeria, and that is it is Nigeria that I might. So I was correct. wow, over yeah. three hundred and twenty whatever million people, three twenty five million. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So well, that is 
that's really great work that you are doing. Really great work on on both sides. So, um, so what I'm doing this year is uh, shining a light on different states and the exporters from those states. <clears throat> and since you are your home state is Pennsylvania, I have a question. When international visitors come to Pennsylvania, if they only have time to visit two locations in your state, where would you recommend they go? I'm familiar with the western part of the state, but not quite so much. So on the eastern part of the state, I would say it's very important that they visit Independence Hall yeah. in downtown Philadelphia. And to be a little bit biased, this is biased. It's okay. Okay, I live in Kennett Square, yeah. which is about 30 miles south of Philadelphia. There are two very cool things to know about Kennett Square. The first thing yes. is we are the home, five minutes from me, of one of the most beautiful gardens in the United States called Longwood Gardens. I have yeah. heard of Longwood. I have heard, heard of, of Longwood Gardens. Yeah. Longwood Gardens originally belonged to one of the DuPonts. Right. Because, you know, we're very close here. I'm, I'm very close to Wilmington, Delaware, where I am. Correct. And the DuPont family just spread far and wide here. Yeah. And one of the DuPonts lived where Longwood Gardens is and eventually was turned over to be a public property. Yeah. So it is gorgeous. That would be the second one. But also in Kennett Square, this is a little known fact, I think, <laughs> because I don't think it's publicized enough by Kennett people, although yeah. they'd probably argue with me. But I find when I tell people this, they're all surprised. We are, in Kennett Square, the mushroom capital of at least the United States. I don't think we're the world, but we are at least the mushroom capital of the United States. We grow more wow. mushrooms here, and they're, it's within 15 minutes of me that's where all the farms are. Oh, wow. So there's a decent chance you're getting your mushrooms out of Kennett Square. You may not know that. Most so, people don't. That's cool. Yeah. So the, the point there would be, it's not something to visit, but the point would be, if you go to Longwood Gardens or if you go to Kennett Square, yeah. have some mushroom soup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. Excellent. Oh, that is so great. And you know what? We could go on forever. You're just such a fascinating person to talk to. And, uh, and I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to post a link to both of your podcasts on the episode page so people can listen, you know, or have a link to that. But I just want to thank you so much, Jeff, for being our guest today. This was really fun. Thank you. Thanks, Betsy. It's, it's been a pleasure being on. I just want to let people know some really quick things. Again, in addition to my own podcast, I co-host other podcasts. I can help people. I do help people understand how to launch a podcast, pitfalls to avoid, that okay. sort of thing, creating podcasts. Okay. I also do business-to-business -business and business-to-consumer in-depth interviews. So business businesses, excuse me, can learn more about their customers and prospects. And uh, one last thing. I'm going to be putting together a little booklet. It'll be an online booklet, you know, mm -hmm. an e-booklet. Yeah. Um, some of the best business opportunities for the next few years based on some of the stuff we've talked about. 
if people are interested in that or the other stuff, they can go to my website, www.jeff-ostroff.com. Okay, and we'll post that on the episode page. Thank wonderful, you. wonderful. So um, you know, to our listeners, you should weigh in. If you have some questions or just want to share your thoughts, please reach out to me at exportstoriespodcast.com. I'm happy to share your comments there. And we're on Facebook and LinkedIn. This is a community of exporters. So let's, let's talk. Uh, thank you again to Jeff. Uh, thank you, Jeff. And You're welcome. It's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And to all of our listeners, we'll be back soon with the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Export Stories. Perhaps you have a good export story that you would like to share with us or a comment about today's podcast. You can send your ideas and comments to our website at exportstoriespodcast.com or to Betsy Olam on LinkedIn. Subscribe to our newsletter at exportstoriespodcast.com so we can alert you of upcoming episodes and share resources with you. We're building a community of export storytellers, so please share this podcast with your friends who have interest in exporting. 